1: For some reason that I can't quite explain, even to myself, I feel the need to record a cold opening to all of my episodes. The cold opening is what you have right here. Before any kind of theme song plays, there's nothing that starts the episode that, that uh, you know, there's no titles. There's nothing. It's just, it's just me talking. It's just something that I feel like I have to do. And the thing is, is that I struggle each and every time to try to come up with what I'm going to say back in the day, as I'm listening to these really old episodes of Just Another Fanboy from back in 2006, I would pretty much open everyone up with, you're listening to Just Another Fanboy episode something or other, and it's a Lynx broadcasting production. You know, I, d- I actually did it better back then, but I don't I don't have any standard kind of opening for these shows. So instead, I just come on sometimes and babble incoherently until I feel like, all right, this is probably a good time to stop. And then I stop. Hello and welcome to episode number 229 of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven and the world around me is frozen. And I don't mean that fun romp of an animated adventure starring the lady who makes things freeze and the little snowman guy with the carrot for his nose. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about it's cold. It's cold out here in Kansas, folks. It's it is it's an icy wasteland in Kansas. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about DC versus Vampires number 3. Now, I'm actually just going to play you an episode that I recorded for my other podcast which is what I've been doing when it comes to talking about DC versus vampires here on the podcast I'm 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 going to play for you episode number 219 and I just want to real quick I want to make my Patreon pitch to everybody first of all I think the biggest selling point is that it's only a dollar a month that's that's a huge savings of uh, I, I don't know what it's you're saving on but you know, a lot of these other podcasts are like, look, you want to give me a dollar a month, then I'll give you a thanks. So I'll put your name up on my website and I'll say thank you on a podcast. But if you want extra special stuff, like maybe a, an extra podcast episode once a month or once a quarter, then you've got to pay $2. And then if you want like maybe weekly podcast stuff, you got to pay me $5. And I'm like, no, I'm putting a stop to that Right here on Just Another Fanboy, if you want my other podcast that I do every single week, the podcast that I creatively, in my creative genius wisdom freaking brain pan, have named My Other Podcast, all you have to do is spend a dollar a month. And that is, in this day and age, folks, a dollar a month is nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. You should feel guilty. You should feel bad. You should feel just great- Pangs of anguish and guilt that you are not a part of my Patreon over at slash Steven are, or, or let me just tell you about some of the stuff we've done over there. Okay, so I'm, I'm about to play episode number 219, DC versus vampires number three. Uh, I will continue recording episodes and talking about DC versus vampires every month when the issues come out for 12 months. Because there's 12 issues, and then eventually I will bring them over here to the Just Another Fanboy podcast. On episode number 220, I had a discussion about why I love Atomic Robo. Are you aware of this comic? You should be. If not, just come on over to my other podcast, A Dollar a Month, and you'll hear all about it. Last week, episode number 221 was all about Civil War Wolverine, the Wolverine tie-in from the old Civil War event. That was a lot of fun. I do episodes that in which I talk about stats. Those are quite boring, but people seem to like them. And by people seem to like them, what I mean by that is no one's told me yet to stop. I keep saying in every one of those episodes, if you don't want to hear me talk about stats, just tell me. But nobody has told me to stop. And so I keep doing it. I need to do an actual wrap-up of 2021 in regard to stats. That should be fun. And then I do stuff like... Just talk about the podcast, my fears, the things about the show that I want to do, but I'm afraid to, or, you know, it's just, we, I talk a lot over there and you can get it all, all 221 episodes so far for a dollar a month. And I'm going to get to this episode here pretty quick, folks. I'm going to get to this episode where I'm talking about DC versus vampires, but let me put it to you this way. You get to try out my other podcast for a dollar. You get 30 days, you, you, you put your dollar down, you get 30 days, you go through, you look, listen to listen to episodes, and you've got those 30 days and one dollar to decide. Do I want to continue to receive these podcasts each and every week? That's not too much to ask, is it? Don't make me beg, folks. Patreon.com slash Steven or Links will be in the show notes. Let's get on to DC versus vampires. Issue number three. Did I like it? Who knows? Well, you'll know. You're about to listen to the episode. Here we go. The very first job I ever had was delivering newspapers in the town I grew up in. I was just a little dude, old enough to ride a bike, old enough to hold down a what, in essence, was a steady job. I'd come home from school every day, and there would be a big stack of newspapers there waiting for me. I'd spend my after school time, rolling up each one of those newspapers and wrapping a rubber band around them and stuffing them into the bag that was mounted on the handlebars of my bike. And then I would ride around the neighborhood throwing newspapers into people's yards. I remember distinctly the very first paycheck I got for that job. I was pretty proud. You know, it was the first time I really earned money Outside of, you know, doing something around the house and my parents giving me five bucks or something. But the first thing I bought, we went to this little store in downtown Lawrence, Kansas on Massachusetts Street. I don't even remember the name of the store now, but it was this weird, quirky little store that just had all kinds of strange odds and ends and 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 little tchotchkes and and just little little things that you could buy. And and uh it was one of my favorite places in the world. And I bought a mood ring with the money that I got from throwing newspapers every day. And I'd never owned a mood ring before. I found them quite fascinating. And for many years, I wore it all the time until I basically grew out of it and it wouldn't fit on my finger anymore. And then I got like a leather cord and I I strung it through the ring and I would wear that mood ring around my neck and it just it just went with me everywhere it was like a good luck charm it it uh was with me when i met my wife it was with me when i proposed to my wife it was with me when i married my wife it was with me when i had each one of my children any time i any any moment any event any momentous occasion in my life i had that ring with me well recently we had a break in and somebody stole my mood ring and frankly i'm not really sure how to feel about that welcome to another episode of my other podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. How's it going? Did you <laughs> did you enjoy that joke? I actually heard that. Where did I hear that joke? I, I saw it on TV. It was on a, a Tracy Morgan said it on um, 30 Rock. I was watching 30 Rock on Netflix last night and he said that he just he just mentioned it casually. Somebody stole my mood ring and I'm not sure how to feel about that. And I just laughed and laughed. And I thought, I got to do that for the podcast. And, uh, and so I did. And as always, I like to stretch out those jokes. I like to make them seem that they're more important than they actually are. So when you get that freaking punchline, you know, that makes you want to punch somebody. That's how they call it a punchline, as far as I'm concerned. All right. So today we're going to talk about DC versus vampires issue number three. This was released on December 28th. Two thousand and twenty-one, written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan the Fourth, with art by Otto Schmidt. I am just so in love with this series. I think uh the only new writer out there, and I don't know if I would consider James Tynan the Fourth a new writer. He's new to me. Uh the only other writer out there right now that's making comics that I am just falling in love with every time I read them, other than James Tynan, is is Tom Taylor. And Tom Taylor, of course, did the deceased books, and um, James Tynan here is doing this DC versus vampires, which is kind of in the same vein. It's It's a horror book with superheroes set in an alternate universe where all kinds of crazy things can happen to our heroes. For example, in the previous issue, at the end of the previous issue, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, who has been turned into a vampire, from the first moment he appeared in this series. He was a vampire. And at the end of issue two, he kills the Flash, Barry Allen. He wanted to convert the Flash. He wanted to turn him into a vampire. But apparently his vampire masters explained to him that with Barry's increased metabolism, he would be hungry all the time. He would thirst for human blood and he would basically wipe out all of human existence within a week. And so he had to be put to death. And so as we open up issue number three, which is entitled Trust No One, a very fitting title for this issue, the Justice League, and it looks like we got Superman, Plastic Man, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Martian Manhunter. They are standing over the body of the Flash, who is laying on the beach, dead. I had mentioned in the last episode when I talked about this, it seemed kind of weird. Maybe it was just an artistic choice that right after Hal killed Barry, Barry was no longer there. And I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but he he is actually dead. He's laying here on the beach. And uh, the League, of course, are very upset about this. And Hal, the skunk that he is, I just want (laughs) to I just want to reach into this comic book and punch him in the face. Cause he's acting all who could have done this to him. And I just want to slap him. But Batman is of course, checking out the crime scene and John Jones, the Martian manhunter asks him at one point, any theories Batman to which Batman responds, none that I'm willing to share, which I find to be a very funny line, but Hal kind of steps up and takes charge of the investigation and he sends the various members of the League off on different missions, you know, to check with uh, Barry's rogues, his rogue gallery. Maybe they did something. Maybe there's something to the fact that it happened on a beach. And he wants uh, Aquaman, who is also there. He didn't appear on the first page, but now that I've turned the page to the second page, there he is. There's Aquaman. Jaina is there as well, one of the Wonder Twins. But he directs Aquaman to, you know, jump into the sea to see if there's something there that... They might be missing. From there, we go to Gotham where the rat catcher who is a villain is wrestling with somebody in an alleyway and Batgirl shows up and she just assumes that Rat Catcher is assaulting, uh, you know, just a regular Gothamite citizen. And so she knocks Rat Catcher to the ground. But of course, this innocent Pedestrian, this innocent bystander is actually a vampire who is trying to kill Ratcatcher. And so Batgirl starts fighting this vampire and he is about to overpower her, but she is rescued at the last minute by Dick Grayson, the Nightwing, who plunges a wooden stake through the vampire's heart. And from there, we go into the, uh, uh, a sewer area. Where Batman is doing some more investigating. He's checking some stuff out, mainly the waters that are running through the sewer. And Jaina is there, and she realizes that Batman is looking for Zan, her her twin brother. And Batman explains to her that he believes that the vampire, Andrew Bennett, came to them looking for their help, but that he disappeared around the same time that her brother went missing. He said that in the in the Hall of Justice's infirmary, he found two sets of trace DNA that somebody had tried to clean up, but they were sloppy. And that one of the sets of trace DNA was vampiric, while the other was alien. So he believes that Zane is dead. And they it, the, this DNA was found around the sink and in the pipes. And so that's why he's down in the sewers. From there, we have some vampires chasing the penguin, who is, uh, who runs into Zatanna and he's really excited to see Zatanna because he's hoping that she will save him. But instead, no, Zatanna is also a vampire and they kill the penguin. They apparently these three vampires that were chasing the penguin was doing so because their boss, the vampire boss, uh, thinks that Lex Luthor reached out to the penguin, and the penguin says, no, he hasn't spoken to Luther, and then that's when we learn that Zatanna is a vampire. We then go back to the beach. It's night now. They, there is uh, uh, the, the area of the beach where Barry's body was found has been cordoned off, and Wonder Woman is standing on the beach, looking out into the ocean, and suddenly Hal Jordan is there. They talk about Barry for a minute, and Hal is already referring to Barry in the past tense, which makes Wonder Woman a little suspicious. So suddenly she wraps her lasso of truth around him and you know, tells him, my lasso compels you to speak the truth, Hal Jordan. And Hal smiles and we see his fangs and he's like, hey, I got no reason to lie to you. I'm a vampire. It's pretty awesome. I take my energy from the lifeblood of others. And you know what? I thought I had power when I got my power ring, but this is pretty awesome. And Wonder Woman with a tear in her eye says, I was having a hard time believing I lost one friend today, and now I know that I have lost two. Well, Hal starts using some vampire voodoo on her, which is the ability to hypnotize their prey. And he hypnotizes Wonder Woman to basically just stand very still and succumb to his wily ways. And then he bites her on the neck. We change scenes again, and we're back into some... In, into the alley where the penguin had died. We see the penguin dead on the ground. Black Canary is there. Robin shows up, the uh, The youngest Robin, the newest Robin. Um, what is his name? Damian Wayne. Robin is very suspicious of her. She is very suspicious of him. They both know that there are vampires out there and they are each wondering if the other is a vampire. Robin even says, have you seen your boyfriend lately? because nobody else knows where he's been or where you have been. And then the two start to fight. And as they're fighting, Black Canary sticks him with a hypodermic needle and takes some of his blood. She tells him that she's going to go have it tested. And if he's not a vampire, then she'll come find him. And he says, wait, so you're not a vampire? And she says, nope. and Kicks him in the face, knocks him to the ground. We then meet back up with uh, Batman and Jaina, and they're still in the sewers. She's been kind of using her powers her connection with her twin to find whatever is left of him. And she points to a certain area of where the water is flowing through the sewer. Batman puts on a, a breathing apparatus on his face and he dives into the water and he comes up with a small, like uh, you know, finger sized chunk of bone and says that that's, that's all that he could find. And he's, she's of course very distraught. He is uh, checking it out in one of his gadgets and he says that, uh, bone is hard to cut through. Even the strongest metal blades leave particle fragments along the cut. And there aren't any here. The blade wasn't made of metal. It was made of light. Another scene change to an abandoned truck stop outside of, uh, some city. I'm assuming Gotham because a lot of what we've been seeing has been, you know, in, in the city has been in, in Gotham. It's daytime and this involves, uh, Black Canary. She's, she's, uh, entering this abandoned truck stop and that's why i think it's outside gotham and there's a very funny moment where roy harper is inside and she's coming in he says password and she tells him to shut up and as she comes in roy harper standing there with his an arrow knocked with his bow and he's aiming it at her and he's like i'm not supposed to let you in unless you have the password and he calls her dinah and she goes but you know it's me you just said my name and he's like well how do i know you haven't been turned into a vampire and she goes look If I was turned into a vampire, I would still remember the password. And he he's like, okay, so what is it? She goes, I don't remember. Green Arrow walks in and he says, Roy, she's fine. And Roy's like, she doesn't remember the password. Green Arrow says, well, neither do I. And she's there to report to him that his theory that the penguin was a vampire was wrong. That's the good news. The bad news is the reason she knows that is because the vampires have killed him. She also gives him the blood samples that she's she she had taken. Explains to them that one of uh, the blood samples was from Robin, and she's got she's got like bruises on her face. And he says, "You ran into trouble." She says, "I ran into a Robin." Green Arrow says, "Is he turned? Wait, which one? The little one? The little one did this? You feeling okay?" And uh, I I don't know. There's just some there's some just some great funny. I mean, there's really funny moments, very touching moments at times like the the opening when the Justice League are standing over the body of Barry Allen and Wonder Woman's realization that she not only lost Barry, but she's lost Hal as well. It's a very well-written book. Anyway, she gives him the the blood samples and Green Arrow explains to her that, look, if Batman has been turned into a vampire, he's smart enough to beat any test that we have that we can, we can do on their blood. So we just, at this point, we can't trust any of his people. You know, the the bat people are out of bounds at this point. And I'll be honest with you, this was probably the only moment in the book where I kind of scratched my head because my thought is, okay, so she took a blood sample from Robin, traveled outside of Gotham, far enough away that it's now daylight by the time she reaches their lair. They're going to test the blood sample to see if he's a vampire. And if he's not, great, they'll contact him. But isn't there a chance that during that time that they're separated? that he could still become a vampire. So, it's one of those things that if it was a zombie book, you'd know right away if somebody was turned into a zombie. But being a vampire book, you just don't know. And you could be with somebody one moment, leave them for, a, you know, a half an hour and come back and they could be a vampire. And uh I think that's one of the more interesting things about this book. So the issue ends we are back at the at Justice League headquarters, the the Hall of Justice. The Justice League are gathering to Report out on their investigations into Barry's murder, and we've got folks there like we've got Superman, Martian Manhunter, Steel is there, Booster Gold, Hawk Girl, Aquaman, Plastic Man. There's some dude I can't quite recognize. Let me let me zoom this in. I I, I feel like yeah, I have no idea who that dude is. He's got red pants, red and blue pants. I don't know who that dude is. Anyway, Martian Manhunter is ready to hear everybody's reports. And Steel asks, shouldn't we wait for everyone to get here? Somebody says, Ollie and Dinah are still missing. Steel asks about Batman. And then off panel, somebody says he was not alerted to the meeting. And Superman, who's got some pretty healthy mutton chops here for some reason, says, why not? The off panel voice says, we found evidence last night. You turn the page and there is Wonder Woman and Hal Jordan Green Lantern, both looking down, both looking very dejected. And Wonder Woman is continuing, Batman killed Barry Allen. And then you get this great panel of the reaction of the other members of the League who are all quite shocked. And I'm just reading this going, you skunks, you sons of biscuits, how dare you come in and lie like that? And then at the same time, I'm going, oh my gosh, this art is just so beautiful. This is just a beautiful book to look at. The Otto Schmidt is is just... He's top-notch in my book, but that's how the issue has ended. So we know as far as heroes being vampires, we know that Zatanna is, and now Wonder Woman, and of course, Hal Jordan is a vampire. Batman and his people are aware of the existence of the vampires that are trying to start a war. Green Arrow and his people are also aware but neither group trust each other, so they're working independently at the moment, which part of me likes, but I'm looking forward to the moment where the the two teams team up, because you know that's going to happen. And uh, again, the one thing that excites me most about this book is the fact that Green Arrow is fairly... I mean, he hasn't been front and center so far in these first three issues, but I like the fact that he is uh, one of the heroes that are going to... To be there to help take down vampires. It makes sense, you know? Here's a character who has no uh superhuman abilities and he shoots arrows. And who better to take out vampires than somebody that shoots arrows, right? I'll be really upset if they end up turning Oliver <laughs> into a vampire. Because, first of all, Matthew Rosenberg and James Tyne and the fourth, they both write Ollie very well. Tom Taylor. Who again did deceased and he did the injustice books. He also writes Oliver very well. And in fact, I think I put out there on Twitter once uh, a couple of weeks ago that if Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo ever leave Nightwing, which, as far as I'm concerned, they can stay on Nightwing as long as they want, then I would like to see them on a Green Arrow. But after reading this, if that couldn't, if that's not going to happen, then maybe we can get James the IV and Otto Schmidt on a long. Green Arrow run. That would be freaking great. But I feel like in the Injustice books, while Green Arrow stuck around for a while, he ended up getting killed, which really upset me. And I think he got infected and deceased, but then I also think he got healed at one point. But anyway, it's just nice to see Green Arrow kind of out front and center. Even again, though, like I said, he doesn't have a lot of quote unquote screen time in the book so far. But we're just three issues in. It's a 12 issue limited series. So there's just a lot more fun that I know is coming. And, uh, we're going to keep talking about it here every month over here on the Patreon on my other podcast. And then of course I will release these episodes as well over on just another fanboy, probably a month later. I want to, I want to try to give them at least a month uh, before I give them out. On just Another Fanboy. But that's that's it. That's the book, folks. It's it's so far, it's, it's one of my favorites. And in fact, there will be an episode of Just Another Fanboy coming up at some point. Um, I actually have it on the schedule. Yes, I have episodes scheduled for Just Another Fanboy going out to February the 24th. Um, but there was a, a time. Let's see. When was that? Episode 83 of Just Another Fanboy. Fo- <laughs> wow. Where did that come from? Episode number eighty-three of Just Another Fanboy. Back on February the twentieth, I did an episode called Marvel versus DC, in which I just kind of talked about which is the kind of philosophically which is the better company. And I and I, I it's been a while since I've listened to it. I, I need to re-listen to it here at some point because in um well I have it scheduled for February eighth. Maybe I'll move it back to February twenty second. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm getting really nerdy here right now, folks, because I have. This episode is going to show up over on the Just Another Fanboy feed on February 15th, unless something else comes up. So maybe I should move my, it's going to be called the Revisiting Marvel versus DC or something to that effect, and maybe I'll move that to February 22nd. But it's going to be a little different because I've noticed recently over the last year, when I look back over over 2021, you know, I don't buy a lot of comics. I've talked about this before. I can't afford to buy a lot of comics, but I do take a little bit of what I get here on the Patreon, and I buy one or two issues each month. And I found, you know, going back and looking over the the books that I've bought, I buy way more DC than Marvel. Matter of fact, I think I bought one Marvel book in all of 2021 and uh, a number of DC books like Nightwing and, of course, this, DC versus Vampires and Dark Knights of Steel and uh, The Human Target. Now, of course, I do belong to Marvel Unlimited, and they release their issues over there three months after they hit the 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 direct market. So that's one reason. You know, it's like, what's the point of buying a, a new Marvel book if I'm going to be able to read it in three months? So, but at the same time, um, when I look at the new books that I'm reading over on Marvel Unlimited compared to the new books I'm reading in DC, I have an opinion about that, and I'll be talking about that in that episode in February. I'm not quite sure why I brought that up, but. I guess what I'm saying is is that I'm just really digging this book right now. DC's really, for me, firing on a lot of cylinders. Not sure if they're firing on all of them, but they're sure firing on a bunch of them. And this is just one one of these books that, that uh, shows what DC is capable of. Granted, the four books that I'm getting from DC right now, only one of them are in canon. Human Target is a black label. Is that what they're called? Black label book? So... Those are basically uh, uh, not in, in the main universe. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel also is an Elseworlds book. I don't think they refer to them as Elseworlds anymore. And then uh, Marvel versus blah, 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 That's what I do when I can't talk. DC versus vampires is obviously a, a, what would be considered an, an Elseworlds title as well. Even though, again, I don't think yet yeah, because there's nothing on the cover that says Elseworlds. I don't know if they refer to them as Elseworlds titles. World's titles, but uh, they're definitely not part of the main DC universe. Wonder Woman and in, in, uh, Green, jo- Green Jordan. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of Hal Jordan and Green Lantern at the same time. Wonder Woman and Green Lantern are not, of course, vampires in the main DC continuity, but uh wonderful book. Love it. Join me here around this time uh, next month or the end of the month. I want to try to... to to do the episodes about DC versus vampires here on my other podcast as soon after the, the the issue is released which is have has been the last tuesday of the month but of course i have been sick y'all know that there's really nothing else for me to say folks dc versus vampires issue number 3 it just keeps getting better and better nine more issues to go i just can't wait to see where they're going to go from here i'm out